Hi, and thanks for joining me for this episode of If the Phrase Fits. You know, I've been meaning to do a show about business-related idioms for a while, and very recently I met a nice fellow named Alson Xian, who has his own company offering payroll solutions, and he also suggested I do something business-related, so thanks, Alson. That's a good idea. The first few idioms I want to discuss in this episode are about bosses. The first one is head honcho. The head honcho is the leader of a company or, you know, the big boss. You could call the CEO or president of a company a head honcho. Since Mr. Shen owns his own business, he's the head honcho of his company, for instance. I don't know if there are any other head honchos listening to my podcast now, but if you are, raise your hands. Oh yeah, I can't see you. <laughs> anyway, where does this idiom come from? At first, I thought it came from the Spanish language. English borrows a lot from Spanish, after all. And for some reason, I thought honcho sounded Spanish. But that was another wrong assumption of mine. It actually comes from a Japanese word, hancho. Well, I'm not sure I pronounced that right, but we'll go with it. Hancho is spelled a little differently, not much, uh, than the word honcho. Hancho is H-A-N. C-H-O, while honcho in English is H-O-N-C-H-O. Dictionary.com says the term honcho means group leader in Japanese. The Michigan radio website sheds a bit more light on that expression's origin. It notes that the term honcho in English originated during the 1940s with American prisoners of war captured by the Japanese. The Americans must have heard Japanese soldiers using the word honcho to refer to their military superior. The Michigan radio site says the term honcho carried over into the Korean War and became common in the U.S. during the 1960s. Okay, let's move on to another idiom that can also be used to talk about bosses, bigwig. A bigwig is a powerful and important person. Not all bigwigs are bosses, though. However, a boss is certainly a bigwig in a company. Now, this expression has an interesting origin story. Several sites note that the phrase dates back centuries. At that time, people of power and wealth in some European countries, especially France and Britain, wore wigs. It seemed that the bigger the wig a person wore, the more important or rich he was. Phrases.org.uk states that the first record it was able to find of the term in print of bigwig is from 1781. In case you're interested, other words that are similar to bigwig and head honcho include big cheese and top dog. Right, here's the third idiom of this episode. It can also be used to talk about bosses, at least a certain type of boss. This one is slave driver. As you likely know, this expression refers to a person who works his or her employees extremely hard. In other words, this kind of boss expects an unreasonably high amount of work and effort from his or her workers. Obviously, it's a negative term to describe an unfair, strict, and demanding boss. It also often implies that an employee isn't paid nearly enough for working so hard. A lot of people have accused Elon Musk of being a slave driver. Not having ever worked for him, I can't say for sure. Elon, if you're listening, please send me an email stating whether you are or are not a slave driver, or raise your hand. What's going on? Um, 
I'm waiting. Okay, you won't be surprised to learn that this term was first used to describe someone who supervised actual slaves and forced them to work hard. In this sense of the word, it was apparently first used in 1788. Somewhere along the line, it became used to refer to a tough, unreasonable boss, but I couldn't find exactly when that occurred. Now, in case you are wondering if slave driver is considered a racially offensive term, I've never heard that criticism of it, so I think it's quite safe to use the expression slave driver without the risk of offending anyone. By the way, another word that means the same as slave driver is taskmaster. Thus, you could say, my boss is a real slave driver, or my boss is a real taskmaster. Please don't tell my boss I said that. Now, I'm going to move from bosses to people of lower rank in a company. In fact, this next expression is used to describe people who have very little or basically no influence or power in a company or organization. This phrase is, low man on the totem pole. You might be the low man on the totem pole if you are in an entry-level position and have just joined a company. Anyway, a totem pole has images carved on it, typically animals such as bears or birds like eagles, beavers, and other creatures. So, how did low man on the totem pole originate? There seems to be a lot of agreement on the internet about the idiom's origin. Apparently, the phrase was coined by an American comedian named Fred Allen during the 1940s. Dictionary.com notes that the phrase caught on despite the fact that it doesn't really have anything to do with a totem pole's meaning or symbolism in native Indian or Aboriginal culture. You have to be careful with the terminology these days. In Canada, they'd like to be referred to as First Nations people. It's interesting that I saw some sites that stated the phrase low man on the totem pole is really a misunderstanding of real totem poles and that in reality, the lowest figure on the totem pole is the most prestigious. <laughs> Go figure. Okay, here is the fifth and final idiomatic expression for this episode. It's also about workers, not bosses. It's clock watcher. A clock watcher is used to describe an employee who is not very dedicated about his or her job. They keep watching the clock so they can leave work as soon as their regular shift is over, as soon as possible. So, head honchos and bigwigs don't like clock watchers. Obviously, a clock watcher isn't that interested in or excited by his or her job. According to the Collins Online Dictionary, this noun was first recorded in the period between 1885 and 1890. It doesn't really say any more about the origin, but the dictionary does note that other words that entered the English language during that same period include roller coaster and zoom. There you go. The site edamonline.com, which is an etymology website, is more specific about the date of origin saying clock watcher began being used in 1897, but again, it doesn't say much more than that about it. So, I guess I don't have anything more to say about the origin of that idiom. So, are you a clock watcher or an ambitious, dedicated employee?
Now, let's review the idioms I discussed in this episode. First, there was head honcho, which is used to describe a CEO, president, or owner of a company, usually. It began being used by American soldiers taken prisoner by the Japanese in World War II because the Japanese word honcho, I don't know if that's the right expression again, but anyway, it means group leader. The next two expressions I looked at were also about bosses, bigwig and slave driver. Bigwigs are really important, powerful and influential people. The expression comes from the fact rich and powerful people in France and England wore wigs centuries ago. Slave driver is an obvious reference to the terrible use of slaves hundreds of years ago, and it means a boss who is unreasonable and works his or her workers very hard, often for little money. The fourth expression was low man on the totem pole, which is used to describe those with very little or no power within a company or other organization. It was created by an American comic named Fred Allen. Finally, I looked at the noun clock watcher, which came into use in the late 1800s and is used to describe an employee that has little interest in his job and wants to leave the office as soon as possible. Speaking of clock watcher, it's now time to end this episode. Thanks for taking the time to listen to my podcast. And I'd like to say thanks also to zapsplat.com for the use of the music and sound. If you'd like to suggest an idiom for this podcast, I take requests. This show actually was sort of a request from Alson Chien. If you and thanks. Thanks Alson. If you'd like, please email me at ifthephrasefits at gmail.com. And in case you're wondering, I'm both the head honcho of this podcast and the low man on the totem pole, as this is a one-person production. Bye for now, and see you next time, hopefully.